The sun was beginning to set behind the hills just beyond Grover Cleveland High School. It was late fall, only a week until Thanksgiving, the high holy day of Americana. Nothing could capture that old essence of mom and pop and pumpkin pie like the National Day of Indigenous Slaughter. But more importantly, with Thanksgiving came the Turkey Day football game. Rich Crane had just finished his practice. He was ripe with sweat. He had practiced hard. His purple and white lycra trousers clung to his thighs. He had legs that had been trained to their peak performance. He never skipped leg day. He was lean and he was soaked, his white t-shirt quickly becoming transparent, showing the small happy trail leading down, further and further towards the bulge that as a late bloomer even at 18 had just recently developed, filling out his chalk nicely. Reading through your ears, words penetrating your brain, like an electric eel. In a cave. Hi guys! Still working on that theme song. Like a thousand monkeys at a thousand synths, hoping for the Shakespeare equivalent of a theme song that would last through the ages and be taught and talked about in classrooms of the future. Is this an earworm that I hear before me? Let me know what you think in the comments. But, but be kind. I, I'm fragile. Welcome to episode three! Third time's a charm! And also, I believe this makes me legally protected from a Google wipe. So they have to put me and the podcast in their listings somewhere. No deep state wiping of all traces of my existence for this fella. But let's talk about that for a second. This internet thing, what with all of its information, like our personal information or or all the rest of the information that we've bothered to put online, like how much pressure it takes to crush a titanium ball with a hydraulic press. Or how many tums antacids are too many tums antacids to take in a 24-hour period? Or how to contact your congressional representative? You know, random stuff like that. All of these things I didn't know I needed to know, but maybe someday I'll find a use for them. My point is, when it comes to big data, I don't want to fight it. And here's why. For me, this is the new library of Alexandria. Look, I'm not an internet guy, so for all I know, in the center of the internet is a bunch of scrolls. And sure, some of them contain personal information, like that guy I doxxed, but he totally deserved it because he said I was doing a disservice to the art of the written word, Haruki Murakami. And some of them contain a whole bunch of seemingly useless information. But, and this is the big but, someday artificial intelligence, because that's the only kind powerful enough, like a thousand horsepower AI or whatever power they're on these days, will comb and combine the most random bits of that info and will come up with a theory that will explain, like, what came before time. Yeah, it'll be something that big. And maybe, just maybe, collectively, our brains will explode. Which will be okay because the AI robots will make new brains for us. Like, super quick, too. Like, while we're rapidly dying from exploded brains, they'll just put in our empty skulls a new brain, which will have all of our personal memories and experiences. But, but also maybe a smattering of other experiences from the collective. And ultimately, we'll become uber-humans. I mean, it's just a theory at this point, but I think it has some staying power. Sidebar, idea for the next novel, uber-humans with AI-generated brains. Sidebar question, but will it be from the perspective of the AI or the humans who have AI brains? 
At that point, who is writing whose history and what happens to a sense of self generated from the outside as a recreation of the self, but with pinches of others? Hmm. Well, some things to figure out. Now, this week, we'll jump right into the novel, Tangible Harvest, A Beginning, and the author, Jason Carter Ford. Ooh, a triple hyphen it. How fancy. The novel deals with a subject that is near and dear to my heart, something I've wrestled with for a good portion of my life, finding that when I told people about it, they could, well, sometimes they could be a bit awkward and dismissive or downright angry, like like as if I had reached in to retrieve a bullet from their body and, you know, while I'm trying to save their life, all they focus on is the searing pain of me reaching into the wound with my unsanitized fingers and because they haven't been given any morphine, they just feel each little movement as I squirm around in there just trying to find the hunk of metal that is ultimately stealing their life force. But guys, the subject of this book is important and it's a huge part of my identity. And that subject is historical revisionism. I'm all for it! I I mean, I get that it's difficult when you've wrapped a good portion of your identity in the heretofore previously believed to be facts, but which turn out to not be a complete picture. I firmly believe that we should be able to change our minds, even though or because of how much it hurts when we are privy to new information. Like having your anus waxed. And that's why I loved this book and this author. He's recontextualizing the American historical myths around Thanksgiving, which is objectively our greatest holiday. And up until I read this book, I had no idea that its origins were not at all anthropomorphized turkey-based. You learn something new every day. Okay, so let's let Jason Carter Ford into the room. I keep the authors in the chat waiting room so they don't mess with my sick flow until I'm ready for them. I mean, they can hear me talking about them, but they can't say anything. It's probably a lot like the music-based enhanced interrogation techniques they used at Abu Ghraib. Oh, God. That's terrible. I should really stop doing that. Hi, Jason! Oh, I I should ask, do you prefer to be called Jason, or are you one of those weirdos that requires all parts of your name to be said? I like my full name used, Jason Carter Ford. The hyphens are there for a reason. It's to create uh, a flow. I, I really enjoy it when, when people keep with the flow. I mean, I've been thinking about using J, or maybe J is the initial, or J like the bird, but no, for now, just Jason Carter Ford. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, cool, man. You know, I'm, I'm well into sick flow. I'm okay, you're okay, I guess. Yeah, everyone is entitled to their own beliefs. It's true. No, I like your style, man. I'm okay, you're okay. Yeah. Ah, I dig it. I dig it. Okay, now, I wanted to dig into your book a bit, uh, especially the prose. Now, I know many authors have said that what was later determined to be symbolism was entirely unintentional, like a product of our recontextualization later on of the time in which a book was written. But I have to say your use of masculinity tropes as a metaphor for early American settler myth and interaction with Native Americans was really powerful. How do you go about creating these powerful metaphors? Well, the first thing I think of is... is is a body. Uh-huh. That's the first thing. You think of the body, the body of work, the body of experience, and how the different aspects bring you into masculinity. We look at the toes and the feet and the torso. Uh-huh. It's about finding that vascularity, really, that vascularity for the things that you're wanting to say. And once you find that, man, it, it just flows out of you. 
Wow, vascularity, 50 cent word right there. Oh, thanks, man. And and, and this is where I think your your, your body metaphors uh, work really well. That passage I read in the beginning, where, where it was white t-shirt quickly becoming transparent, showing the small happy trail leading down. I mean, that's a metaphor for the trail of tears, isn't it? Um... Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it is really what it's 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 what the reader sees in it. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean, a happy trail can be a lot of things. It can it can take us places we've never been before. I really like this technique of of putting threatened masculine mythology in the spotlight. You know, by making some readers, I, I would guess, feel uncomfortable by having to confront the desire for conquest as a way to talk about these inherent drives that can so quickly lead to unjust actions. I'm not. I'm not quite sure I understand what you mean by unjust. I mean, the things that happen in this book, the, the experiences, I mean, there's a lot of yearning that's that's going on behind these uh-huh. characters, uh, hot, steamy, boiling uh-huh. passion. And although masculinity can be many things, what we're discovering here in our current climate is it takes a boy to be uh-huh. a man. And, and that's what we have here. We have boys being men, being boys, discovering themselves. Boys being men, being boys. Yeah. And they discover that sometimes through the dehumanization of others that they maybe don't, um, they can't quite relate to, something along those lines. You're finding new levels in the book that I I honestly didn't think that many people would be able to discover, Uh. really. Digging deep, probing, probing into these orifices of human masculinity, of, of male masculinity, female masculinity. I mean, what is masculinity, really? But what we have here in this book is a deep, deep subtextual yearning of discovery of our past yeah. and our future. I think you're hitting it right on the head. I really found myself wanting to go deeper and deeper and deeper. I don't know what it was. Like the real, the thrust of the story just kept, again, pulling me deeper and deeper. I just couldn't, I couldn't stop myself from going back for more and more and more. It really opens you up. I, thank you. I mean, uh, it's, it's so rare that I find someone who understands my work. I, it's true. I don't know what it was. I think this is something about your style. It's amazing. Thank you. That it just, it did, I felt like it opened me right up. It loosened everything I was holding tight. I felt like I was open to receiving all sorts of new information and just, it was, it was quite visceral. You know, like I could feel it in my guts. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks, man. I mean, that's 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 what I was going for. Those those gut feelings. Yeah. Way down deep in there, rearranging people's thoughts. Uh, yeah. yeah. Deep, yeah. deep down. Cool. So uh, I, I think we should move on to this next bit, if that's OK. Oh, yeah. Unless you got more to say. I mean, I mean, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful that somebody actually gets me. Man, look, I think we're on the same vibe here. I mean, you know, I don't know if you feel like you're vibing the same way as me, but I feel like we're vibing. Oh, man, our vibe is so, so tight right now. So good, uh, yeah. Super tight. Yeah, honestly. Super yeah, tight, yeah. Like, I mean, I've rarely been this 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 tight with somebody so quickly, but uh, honestly, it's just nice to be understood, to be seen, like, deep inside, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I like the feeling of being deep inside you as well. Oh, thanks, man. So, uh, we'll move on. Uh, last week I discovered, <laughs> quite by accident, I'll, I'll be honest, the simple pleasure of allowing the author to read their own work, even though... I'm the voice actor. Because, you know, the contrast of styles between an an untrained author reading ultimately made me sound even better than I already do. You know, by comparison. So so why don't we pick up where I left off at the beginning, uh, page uh, 78, The Boys Had Begun, that passage? Oh, great. Yes. Amazing passage. You know, you've really chosen the right ones here. (laughs) Great. All right. Mm. 
The boys had begun to stare in the showers after practice. He liked the attention, but he couldn't quite understand why. His head was always spinning, and right now he was heading to the showers again. He had work on the farm still to do when he got home. But for now, a shower. Yes, a shower is what he needed. That, and to get out of his jock. He needed release. The Southburg rivals in Westtown were up against it this year. The boys at James K. Polk High were tough, well-bred, and had gone undefeated this season with the aid of their devil-may-care-dashing quarterback, Chip Holleran. The game had been played hard. Rich was thankful for the halftime signal, and he bounded off the field with his teammates. He saw them before him, their taut, stained uniforms, their rippling muscles, the smell of their musk, leading him forward, intoxicating him. He knew who he was, and what he wanted. He saw the Polk High team ahead, entering into their own locker room. The game was tied. He had made a touchdown, but fumbled once and allowed the Polk boys to equalize. Hmm, yes. Do you know what I'm getting? Is a real reverence for the American mythos of early rural farm life. And I'm sensing there's a conflict in supporting the idea of freedom of will and exploring kind of a manifest destiny versus the responsibility of treating others as fully realized human beings, even though they don't share the same cultural beliefs and actions. Man, it's like we're sharing the same mind. Honestly, honestly, it's just that is exactly what it is. It's all about the game of football and how how we blow up that pigskin and toss it around. And it's just the visceralness of it. Yeah. yeah. There's something about the feeling of like big, you know, squishy skin thing between your hands that you just sort of like toss and, you know, put under your arm. And... Honestly, honestly, man, it's the it's the act of passing it back behind you, yeah. between the legs to another person, allowing them to take you in their hands yeah. and just run with it. That's what we need. We need to run forward into this mythos that you speak of, of this sort of frontierism of the farm life, all these things. I'm just, I'm just touched, man. I'm touched. Back when like men were men and took charge, you know, and took each other fishing and hunting and stuff. And, and I think that's just what we're trying to get back to sometimes. And that's that's kind of what football is, right? Like it's a it's trying to take us back to the the way things used to be, right? When it was simple, bunch of men fighting each other. Exactly. Yeah. In, yeah, exactly. Like there's there's something about it. There's something about the closeness and the grass and getting dirty and and the sweat just being yeah. on the bottom of a, of a 10 man pile up and everything you can feel the pressure just coming down on you and you just know right then and there that what you want more than anything anything in this world is to make your country proud yeah i love making countries proud i never really thought of myself as a sports guy but when you find these like subtextual layers to it i mean mm. it's totally amazing I could, I could really get into it. I mean, if only for the physical aspect, right? It's pretty amazing watching what the body can do, especially bodies can do to each other. Yeah, yeah, totally, man, totally. Cool. So now I'd like to read a passage from later in the book. It, it, it's one that I absolutely adored. Please, please go ahead. Okay, great. His gray eyes seeing everything. He was lost in that thought when someone grabbed him from behind, strong around the hips, and pulled him into the recess and into the dark. He and his assailant stumbled onto a stack of gym mats, and before he could say anything, a strong, rippling forearm was around his throat. He could feel his heart begin to race when he heard Chip say, 
We only have ten minutes. And by the way, you've been biting your lip and looking me up and down on the field. I know this is what we both want. I mean, am I wrong here? Or is that American settlers and the indigenous Indian population or what? Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Totally. It's about that forearm around the neck. It's 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 everything. It's it's the Mayflower. Yeah. It's, it's Plymouth Rock. It's, it's Squanto showing us how to make maize grow strong from the ground. It's that first Thanksgiving. It's it's all of it. From from then all the way up to Charlie Brown. It's it's there. All in that forearm around the neck yeah. of America. So many layers. So many layers. Oh God, that's amazing. Since we don't have much time left, uh I we we only have time for one oh, question great. from from one of your readers. Uh so why don't we just move right on to that? Let's see. Let me just check the old email here. Uh, oh, yes. Ah, yes. Okay. P. Turnby asks, I really appreciate your depiction of boys coming out and expressing who they are in the face of oppressive societal norms. Kind of more of a statement so far, but he continues. Is this based on your own experiences? And if so, how did you deal with them? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't lie. I don't really understand the sort of the, the approach of the question. I don't know if they've missed the point, but, but this book is 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 as we've spoken about the, these layers of sort of uh, indigenous peoples and sort of manifest destiny, things like that. I'm not quite sure what he means by 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 gentlemen. Uh, I guess coming out in in terms of of coming out to play to play football to 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 be in the game with other oh, men. Oh yeah. But ultimately, if it's if it's related to my experience, I mean, this is the experience of all Americans, right. all American men across the country, especially when we look at our, our, our national day of Thanksgiving. Our purpose here is to expand right. and, and to, to widen our breadth, as it were. And take in yes. all of the experience of Americana. I don't know. It doesn't need to be pounded into people, but like, you know, you should just be open to to taking in whatever is is being given to you in this great country right 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 like 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 stuffing a turkey oh yeah oh you're gonna be stuffing a turkey oh uh, yeah well we do a we do a, a turducken actually I don't oh, know if nice. you're familiar with the turducken uh no well it's a turkey that has mm-hmm. a chicken stuffed inside of it mm. and then inside of the chicken it has a duck three birds it's many cavities and it's full of meat. That's a lot of meat stuffed into each other. Oh yeah, it's it's delicious. Well, here's something I worry about though. Is it quite fatty and greasy, or is it is it pretty nice in the mouth? Uh, only if you eat the skin, man. Only if you eat the skin. But uh-huh. I'm not, I'm not a skin guy. I like I like I like the skin removed. Skinless, um, trimmed at least. Yeah, I mean, a little bit of skin is nice now and then, but right. ultimately we want to keep things, you know, nice and trim and and clean. Incredible. Well, this has been such an illuminating discussion, and I'm 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 so glad that I really got inside you. And and I want to say that you got inside me. So thank you for coming. I really appreciate you letting me come. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us again on this, our third episode of Dwayne Ditterman Reads. And remember, keep reading with your ears. Reading through your ears. Words penetrating your brain. Like an electric eel in a cave. 